Hey folks, if you've seen any of the great merch we have lately, we've got Witch Police shirts, we've got bags, we've got more gear on the way. That's all made by our friends at Divine Shirt Company. Whether it's screen printing or embroidery, heat press vinyl or graphic design, Divine Shirts is the place to go for your band merch. They've been doing some of the best stuff from the best bands in Winnipeg and beyond. And if you're looking to get some merch made, head over to divineshirtcompany.ca or follow them on Instagram and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Welcome to Witch Police Radio. This is a quick hit episode, and, and I like to call these uh, micro-interviews, where it's kind of a get-to-know-an-artist who is new maybe to the listeners or new to the local music scene or, or new to me, because there's so many people making music in Winnipeg now that uh, I tried my best to keep track, but <laughs> it's almost impossible because there's new bands. You know, every, every week there's new projects coming out. So this project, uh, the guest I'm talking to on this quick hits episode, is someone who I have definitely heard of just based on following on, on social media, but... Um, it's a very new thing, and I think the best way to even start any of this off is if you just want to introduce yourself and maybe give some background about what Dirty Beat actually is. Okay, well, hello. Uh, my name is Warren Funk, and yeah, like you said, I'm the maker of the Dirty Beat, which is basically one-man band, uh, heavy folk, I guess I would call it. Lots of instruments, mainly acoustic, and lots of drums, lots of layers, and background on it, it's been in the works actually like for a really long time so it's it's new i guess to the world but yeah definitely not definitely not new to me it's been <laughs> it's been going on for quite a while so yeah um that's about it so what's the i guess what's the reason for um releasing it now and actually putting it out now because like i said i've kind of been following you on social media for a while and there have been cryptic messages you know about about music that is to come <laughs> and it seems like it's been quite a, quite a bit of time um from then until now when you're actually getting ready to release the, the record yeah it's been coming soon forever <laughs> uh yeah well the record's been in the works for a really long time and basically why it's coming out now is that it's actually done okay uh actually have kind of a few false starts on it over the years and that it kind of got halfway done and then didn't so yeah this this album has been on the go for a long time and we finally got it done and it's a lot of work uh like i just i recorded it all myself yeah i didn't i didn't mix and master it and uh but everything else and lots of layers lots of overdubs so just took a lot of time and finally getting it done so well, your timing, mm-hmm. you know, probably couldn't be better because, like, we seem to be somehow, somehow miraculously coming out of this pandemic. And uh, it's, you know, there's been so much work that everyone's been doing during this time where everyone's been stuck at home or quarantined or whatever. And you seem to have timed this when, when things are opening up and shows are happening again. So it, it seems like a, a wise decision. I don't know if it's a coincidence or if you <laughs> planned it this way, but... No, I, I definitely didn't plan it this way, no, so... I guess, um, what... <laughs> Would people know you from any other projects you've done in the past? Like, uh, have you been in bands or released any music that that anyone would be kind of would recognize uh, that's different from this? Not really. No. Like, I I grew up in Manitoba, uh, not in Winnipeg. Grew up on a farm. Okay. Lived in Winnipeg for a couple of years after high school, long time ago. Um, played 
in a couple bands, but not really anything for very long. Headed out west for music school to Nelson. Okay. And was kind of living in Nelson, bit in Kelowna and Vancouver for about 10 years. And then headed, moved back to Manitoba and out to the country. And I've been living in Winnipeg for the last two years. Okay. And okay. Not, not really playing in any bands. So I don't think... I don't think I would really be on anyone's radar as far as that goes. Not so. yet, anyway, right? That's <laughs> something not you, yet, you not hope to accomplish. Plan. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, what uh, you you said heavy folk uh, as a kind of way to describe it, and in listening to some of the songs that you you, you gave me a chance to listen to ahead of time, um, I can see that hear that for sure. I mean, there's there's definitely um acoustic the acoustic uh, guitar is very pre- prevalent in in the songs, mm-hmm. and there's folk vibes. There's definitely kind of almost. Uh, to me, anyway, like '90s sort of grungy vibes in some of the songs, softer oh, maybe, cool. but that, that that comes through right. as a listener. What else um, are the influences for this record? Like, where are you coming from uh, as a musician aside from just doing folk music? Well, I would say right from the very beginning would be like old hymns, church music, okay. the uh, the, vo- the vocal harmonies. I do a lot of vocal harmonies, and that would definitely come from that kind of those would be my roots down in the Mennonite church so a lot of that old kind of traditional hymn and choral singing uh other than that a lot of yeah I used to be big into Celtic music kind of in high school and world music so there's a lot of that influence and then more into yeah punk metal that came kind of later a lot of neil young sure and yeah so i wouldn't say i have more like records or songs that are influences not necessarily an entire band that i was always into so yeah no that's cool i i wouldn't say i have a very broad uh like I'm not a music connoisseur. I've kind of picked up little glimpses of random things here and there and wasn't really, yeah, not super well-versed in all the music that's out there. So kind okay. of just nitpick here and there. Mm-hmm. I know it's a one-man it's a one man band, like you mentioned, but is this something that you're hoping to, to perform live? Like are these songs, is, is it possible to perform them live or would you need a, a larger project to, to pull them off properly? You mean, is it possible by myself? Yes, yeah no i wouldn't say so like i don't know i know some people do like looping machines and stuff i I don't think it would be really conducive to that so we'll see down the road uh it would envire it would envire it would involve hiring people definitely you know and learning parts and i would love i would love it to be a big grand live thing but whether that's realistically in the cards right around the corner, I wouldn't say so. Okay. Um, just I spend a lot of the time in the studio and writing the songs. So we'll see. We'll yeah. see what happens. You never know. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, the kind of an offshoot question that then is, I mean, if you're not necessarily playing shows, at least not right away, um, how, how do you intend on getting this to the right ears? Because we're in an era where everyone and their dog is making records in their basement, which is great and also terrible at the same time because there's, exactly. there's so much great stuff coming out, but you have to wade through just like piles of shit to find it, right? So without having the opportunity of saying, you know, hey, I'm playing a show, everyone at the show here, buy my CD or whatever, what, what is sort of your plan to, to get this out to the right ears? Exactly. Yeah, I actually, about that, I read an article the other day and they were saying if if CD stores were still around as far as like that's where music was only yeah. available, it would be the size of a Home Depot. <laughs> There's like 40,000 songs a day going up yeah. online, right? So exactly, it's it's pretty daunting. Uh, 
I guess, you know, Facebook ads, which is the route a lot of people are going because it's, it's, it's directly to people's ears, um, cuts out a lot of that middleman and, you know, still a lot of the traditional going to be reaching out to radio press, you know, college radio, trying to do all that. Uh, but definitely Facebook, Instagram advertising would be the way to try to get kind of a global reach. And yeah, we're just going to, we're going to put the album out and not really charge for it you know because why why put up barriers when you're starting out from nothing right so just try to that's the plan now with this it's a debut album so just try to get it into as many ears as possible try to get creative with getting it to spread around and that's that's what we can hope for so yeah definitely definitely so you're hoping to put this out in the fall what's the if someone is hearing this before the album has been released what's the best way for them to find out what you're up to or even hear something that you've done uh kind of leading up to the record I would say Instagram, that would be, that's kind of the main thing. Uh, we've got a lot of visual component going on right now, just trying to, you know, show a lot of some of the artwork that's mm-hmm. going to be turned into music videos for the songs. Uh, so yeah, that's Instagram would be the main focus right now and the website a bit, but Instagram, if you kind of want to see the most recent things, that'll be it. Okay. And that, yeah. uh, that visual element, I guess, going back to what we're saying about sort of the way that you have to present your music now i mean that's obviously a big part of what you're doing based on your instagram and based on you know seeing what you've sort of been up to over the last little while mm-hmm. um, what what do you think is the, the the importance of that like i mean as someone who listens to physical music pretty much exclusively i love the artwork it's a, it's a huge part of it but i know we're in an era where people are just ready to hit that with the next button or, or just yell oh, at spotify sure. or whatever you know as quickly as possible so why do you think that's still important i'm glad you're doing it but what is your sort of uh, thought on that i don't know um I think the reason, like, I didn't really, I had some old drawings, some sketches of the songs, but nothing, it wasn't planned out at the scale that it is going now. Yeah. And I think the original idea was thinking of music videos, which I'm not into music videos, okay. honestly. Like, I've I've never really, I've never really been into them. I always, it's kind of like a book versus a movie. Sure, you know, when sure. you read it. You read, you read a book, the world is in your head, you watch a movie, and if it's if it's not pulled off the way it is in your head, it kind of ruins things, yeah. right? So, but music videos are, that's the reality, right? So, so it kind of started off as that, just thinking of, okay, well, how are we going to present this in music videos and started drawing and uh, just kind of developed, developed from there and hoping to expand that more into you know, obviously merch, like yeah. the clothing and stuff, but also, you know, into getting more a bit into the art and design side, maybe eventually put out some kind of art books with the lyrics oh, and cool. branch out a little bit more that way as well. So that's kind of the plan with that, with the visual element. Right on.
size you were They're one size down They rule the world With locks and curls They play the game They look the same They make the So first of all, Sam, thanks for having me on the podcast. It's great to be among so many great artists. Uh, my name is Fred Warner. Um, I am a jazz bassist, which is okay. a new new designation for me, actually. Um, but we'll get into that. Sure, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I'm a jazz bassist. I compose songs, and I have a newly formed band now called Freddie and the Fire Nation. Um, and we play loosely jazz music, um, more accurately, improvisatory music, um, with influences from funk, uh, from uh, EDM, and from hip-hop sometimes. Um, Yeah, and we are currently rehearsing and working on getting ready for some first shows. Now that shows are starting to happen again, you said the timing's not so bad, right? Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. (laughs) Um, What... uh... 
I know, like you said, it, it's jazz based, but there's all these other genres that are that are involved. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to call it fusion because I know jazz fusion is its own specific thing. Although I do think maybe you have some elements of that, but yeah, it, like do you just consider it a jazz group if someone wants like a quick Cole's Notes version of what it is that you do, or do you Cole's Notes? Yeah, yeah. jazz. Jazz okay. is probably the easiest thing to <laughs> get to where we're going. Which is funny because um, it's such a huge umbrella genre anyway, right? But I mean, yeah, yeah. if you, people want to they hear jazz, they have some kind of idea of what this might sound like. Yeah, and I always kind of hesitate to say it's jazz because that's got such a, you know, a rich history behind sure. it. And I don't want to do it injustice uh, or whatever. So, um, yeah. as you mentioned right off the top that, you know, you're, you're a jazz bassist, but from reading some of the information about your stuff and listening to the song The Trumpet is a very prominent uh part of what you're doing here so what mm-hmm. what's the story behind that how are you um bass when i i, I assumed you were a trumpet player and yeah <laughs> you still are i guess but maybe just explain mm-hmm. that a little bit for sure um so i actually did my i recently finished up last year my um classical trumpet degree oh, cool. uh, i guess it'd be a general music degree but um a heavy focus on classical trumpet um, and so that, that's really my background, um, is in classical music, actually first on classical violin for many, many years, um, until I, I switched to trumpet. Okay. Um, so I, I get, I've gotten a lot of, um, I guess, <laughs> tonal influence from classical music. I, I feel like I think and write in a very, uh, uh, classical mindset. Okay. Um, but the reason I switched to bass is because right after I graduated, I realized that I had this problem in my left ear um, where whenever I would play the trumpet, the sound would be conducted through the bones in my body. It would like resonate. Oh, wow. Um, that's, that's what brass instruments do. Um, and I guess there's something weird with the the pressure in my ear, so... It gives it tinnitus, long story short. Okay, that sucks, so, yeah. That's, especially as a trumpet player, that's terrible. Yeah, and it's it's uh, kind of something I, I don't know how to protect against. Earplugs don't really uh, yeah. do the trick in that scenario. Um, so I was like, well, it's lockdown. Um, I've got nothing to do because school is done. Um, I'm going to focus more in, I'm going to like get serious about bass because okay. I've been playing that in... Um, you know, my church worship band um, for years, just, you know, four chord stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so I got serious about that and about um, composing music, and I found out it's a real big passion of mine. Cool. So, And that was just yeah. over this pandemic that you've you sort of uh, taken that opportunity to, to use the time wisely? Yeah, like last May, I think, I, I started doing this. Yeah. How does the classical training um, kind of parlay itself into what you're doing now because i mean obviously jazz and classical are so so different but just having that level of of music education there's got to be um things that bleed through from from your classical violin and trumpet training that that goes into what you're doing now for sure um actually uh, it's funny i don't take a lot of um you know it i don't take a lot of um form or uh, necessarily harmony from classical okay. music, but a lot of the, the tonal aspects, you know, is a sound too warm? Is it too dark? Is it too bright, etc. Um, and what I really got from classical music was the culture of excellence and how, you know, um, 
you know, something being really polished is, is something that's important to me. Um, uh, you know, up to a point, obviously sure, I'm not, sure. I'm not necessarily a perfectionist. Um, but yeah, just paying attention to, uh, the orchestration of the thing. And, um, yeah, that's, that's what I get. How does that translate to then doing improvisational music? Because, you know, what you what you're saying sounds like something's very controlled. I mean, classical music is very controlled. It's written out. It's it's played the way it's intended to be played. And then this is the complete opposite, where where it's it's kind of happening on the fly, right? So I, I, is mm. that was that difficult to sort of um, switch to that mindset after years of classical training? You know, it's funny you say that because uh, not really. It kind of felt like a, a freedom of sorts. Cool. Um, I've listened to. Uh, similar bands um like snarky puppy for for years and um really i guess internalized a lot of that because i loved it so much i just listened to it forever yeah yeah um and so that's really what uh comes out in the writing i hope um you know a uh, classical education background filtered through the lens of like this jam band mentality almost yeah 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 so you have the the technical skill is there, obviously, but then also the wanting to explore, um, just they just explore music, really, right? Yeah, and I'm I'm really hoping that once we get on stage, um, we're able to get to a point where we can kind of keep things a little bit loose sometimes, yeah. and you know, just make something up and see what happens with our our current skill level. Where can we go with this? What is the? Uh, I mean, you know. At the time we're recording this, shows are starting to happen. Things are opening up. Um, have has this group that you have now? Have you guys ever played live at this point? I mean, because no, the pandemic has killed all that <laughs> chance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We um, like it's we we've had like three rehearsals, so oh, wow. we're uh, we're just getting going. Um, but I, I'm really confident because we did some remote recording and uh, they really showed up. Like it's. Cool. It's sounding um, better than I hope. <laughs> That's good. That's what you want, right? That's better than the alternative, yeah. for sure. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so if and, people... Yeah. Oh, go, go ahead. Were you going to say something else, sir? I was just wondering if I could introduce the members. Yes, please. Yeah, I was gonna, actually going to... That was what I was going to ask you. Yeah. About, so that's perfect. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, so on... I guess, first of all, on uh, guitar, we have Robert Hunter, who co-runs a video game music studio uh, here <laughs> called Mega Hammer Studios. And uh, they do a lot of sick stuff. And um, he's also a, a really cool guitar player. Um, plays some stuff that I can't comprehend, and it's amazing. Um, on trumpet, there is Garrett Malenko, who is, um, I don't know if he's still, if he hasn't graduated yet, but he's uh, a jazz trumpet player in um, the U of M okay. jazz stream. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he's like everything I wanted to do as a jazz trumpet player. So it's great. Um, and then there's Lauren Tedarenko on tenor sax. She plays and records with the Winnipeg Jazz Orchestra and uh, does a lot of teaching around Winnipeg and Brandon. Um, Anatole Rennie is our keys player. He plays in Apollo Sense, too. That's right, yeah. Um, yeah. The name was familiar yeah. for sure, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I actually played trumpet a lot in um, Apollo uh, before my ear troubles. So, oh, right on. Um, well, we, not right on because the ear troubles isn't a good thing, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but with Apollo. Yeah. yeah. yeah so we, we've, we've played together for a while. And um, he's always got like two, two to three keyboards on a gig, and like hundreds of sounds. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it's always, it's always very fun playing with him. 
And lastly, uh, Paul Clausen is on drums. Okay. And uh, he's a drummer with this uh, really nicely, finely curated drum kit, a bunch of different refurbished drums, um, and a really unique playing style. And we're actually cousins. Okay. So that helps, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, so we, we grew up playing music together and uh, kind of took the same route of classical music through um, music school. Okay. But uh, are both interested in Snarky Puppy-esque bands. <laughs> well, it's good to have that closeness as a rhythm section too, right? I mean, the bass and drums Absolutely. need to be, especially with something like this, you need to be pretty, pretty anchored yeah. together, right? And we... Um, yeah, so we we grew up playing in the worship band at church, where you know they they don't actually want you to do too much because <laughs> you know it's congregational singing, right? Right. Um, so <laughs> I think we learned to lock in there. Cool. And if people are hearing about you for the first time on this show, which I mean it could very well be the case, because like you said, you haven't had a chance to play out yet. Uh, what's mm-hmm. the best way to find out what you're up to to hear anything you have recorded, whether it's now or in the future? Um, right now, we are solely on SoundCloud, um, and in the future, we will be on all streaming platforms once we get um, some things recorded. Um, but right now, we've got three or four um, demos on uh, SoundCloud, where it's just me uh, done all the tracking and the mixing. Cool. Um, and in the future, they'll be played by the whole band. Um, so yeah, SoundCloud, and you can find that through our Instagram um, Freddie and the Fire Nation.
Um, so I'm Rain. Um, I've been doing music for basically my whole life. I grew up uh, uh, with music because my dad is a guitar player and a singer. Okay. And my mom used to play the piano back in the Philippines. Um, but I never really took it seriously until the pandemic hit. So I had a lot of free time just to write songs. Um, and as of lately, I've just been writing uh, new music. Um, and uh, I'm also preparing for an upcoming album as well for okay. next month. So I'm very excited for that because most of the songs that I've written for that uh, album are very different from from what I release. It's more happy, more upbeat, rather than just sad and serious. <laughs> was the sad and serious side of things uh, influenced by the fact that it was a pandemic project? It was, but also I've gone through so many life experiences like heartbreaks, mm -hmm. um, losing a bunch of friends, and uh, I used those emotions uh, to convey that through song. And honestly, I think it helped me mentally because uh, like throughout the pandemic i was in a very emotional and de uh, depression state um but with uh, music and when i had the time to write music and release it i felt like a bunch of emotions and uh weight off my shoulders has been lifted okay now that i mean obviously the pandemic's not over and it probably won't be for a while but things are are easing a little bit in manitoba in that you know shows are starting to happen again people are actually leaving the house for the first time in months <laughs> um what does that mean for you as someone who started this project you know when you when everyone was locked down are you hoping to make it a live thing are you hoping to play shows and sort of get out into the wider music community now that you can you know what i would love to right now i'm in uh talks with um my friend uh hera uh she is uh helping me with the release party for uh okay. the album uh release and uh, hopefully i would love to perform again because um i've actually never performed as a solo performer it's usually uh, in a group setting because i was in a vocal jazz group in my high school so I, it'd be very exciting for me, but also very nervous because I'm so used to just being to singing in, with a group. So it'd be very new experience for me just to be singing like alone in front of like a huge crowd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. How um, is everything that you've recorded so far? Is it all stuff you put together completely on your own because you've been doing this during the pandemic? Yeah. So uh, all of the songs I've released so far has been produced in my uh, basement here um the piano tracks all the backing tracks and all of that my vocals have been uh mixed and produced here and actually it's given me a learning experience as well because my whole life i've had the interest of uh producing music or seeing what goes on um behind the scenes of creating music and all yeah. that and uh because of that i finally got like hands-on a uh, learning experience to produce music well, I guess you had time, right? <laughs> to figure yeah. out how to use all the, all the equipment. Yeah. So how does that transfer then to the, you know, if you take this live, are you hoping to put a band together for that? Or, or do you have an idea of how that's going to work out? I would say um, it'd be cool to be, to put together a band, but how I envisioned it is because I love performing songs acoustically. Okay. I just imagine myself on a, on a stage with a piano or my ukulele just uh, singing. <laughs> Is that how you write? Do you write on piano? Like, what's the sort of main uh, instrument you use when you're writing your songs? Um, it'll depend. Sometimes if I think uh, this song would go perfectly with a piano, I sit down on my piano and start, uh, like, putting to putting it together, like, taking out words if need be. If it's perfect for ukulele, I would go, uh, right. hey, this is, this is good for ukulele. What... Um... 
I know everyone hates answering this question, and I kind of hate asking it, but how do you define the, the type of music you play if you have to put a genre on it? And, and the reason everyone hates asking it, answering it is because there's so many subgenres, and they have their own subgenres, and, and no one likes to pigeonhole themselves. But if someone, you run into someone who hasn't seen you in a while, and they say, hey, I hear you doing music, is there sort of a quick way that you define your sound for them? I would define it, well, most of my music I would define as contemporary indie pop. Okay, okay. <laughs> Are there uh, are there artists that you would sort of uh, point to as influences that that maybe would help listeners sort of put you on the map uh, as far as you know where you're coming from? Um, I would say my biggest influencers would be like uh, Fosia, Ariana Grande, um, and John Legend and Olivia Rodrigo. So those are like my huge uh, influences throughout my music career. So you're very firmly in the kind of contemporary pop sort of uh, yeah okay okay and so what um with with the album you're doing is it all going to be self self self-recorded and self-produced as well or are you going to be working with other people once that's kind of officially coming out it's actually self-produced i finished it back in uh june oh nice and so it's all scheduled and ready to go One of the things I like to ask people, to, and again, this is similar to the genre question, in that I just like to sort of place people in my head as, as to where they're coming from. Because, you know, over the course of doing this show, I talk to people who are between the ages of like 18 and 70, and they play every kind of music imaginable. Do you have any sort of um, experience, even as a listener or as someone going to shows, within the local music community? Are there artists that, that locally that you've seen that have kind of inspired you or made you think, hey, I can do this? Um. I believe I think the two people that actually really inspired me is um, uh, she's an actress and singer songwriter Hera Nalum. Okay, uh, she is a high school friend and she started just writing music. Um, she released one, I believe, <laughs> like Saturday, um, and from then on, I was like, okay, I think like I can do this. Like, um, if she can do it, like uh, she's she's inspired me a lot to just uh, keep writing music. Um, and also, she's been helping me so much uh, with my music career as well. And I'm very, very thankful for that. What has the re- reception been so far to, to your music from people you know, people who maybe didn't know that you were, you know, you had this pandemic album in you? Well, uh, it's definitely like a positive uh, feedback from my from uh, what I get from people because uh, all of my friends know me as a singer person right. from like high school and college. So when... Uh, they uh, found found out that I was releasing like music. They're like, "Oh my gosh, finally!" <laughs> <laughs> where does your uh, Where does your singing voice come from? Because just talking to you now and having listened to some of your songs, you you, t- you seem to have a much deeper voice uh, as a vocalist than you do just in your natural speaking voice. Um, I definitely come from a choir background because okay. in high school I partook in so many music classes like choir, concert choir. Yeah. Um, and I was basically a baritone slash bass so i use that more for my songs because i can't really hit the high note right, <laughs> as a right, tenor right <laughs> so that's where it mainly came from um and i tend to use that more just because uh it is my uh like uh register that i'm comfortable with okay and i and a lot of people are like i like your deep voice you should use it more <laughs> <laughs> does it um like, does it feel strange to, to go back and forth between the singing voice and the speaking voice? I realize they're not that much different. It's not like a drastic difference, but you're notably deeper as a singer than, than you are speaking. Uh, a little bit. Um, when I when I sing, I usually use like what I would say a jazz voice kind sure. of like 
vibe. Uh, and when I when I speak, it's just like this, where I'm just like a little bit like higher up my range. But uh, I would say it's not a huge uh, transition for me. It's a, it's a little bit of tweaking, but that's fine with me. <laughs> Where can people hear this stuff? I mean, I know the album is in the works. It's not out yet. But uh, the good thing about this being a podcast is someone could hear it when it comes out or they could hear it a year from now. And by then, you know, you might have tons more music available. So what's the best way to sort of keep in touch with what you're doing and, and hear what you have out now? Um, a lot of my stuff can be heard on Spotify, iTunes, and all the available music streaming platforms. And if they want to look out for new music, they can follow me on Instagram at RainQC. Awesome. Why do I feel so alone in my room? The silence is given to me. Why am I up so late at night? I'm honestly just missing you. I called you up at 1am Couldn't sleep, I want you to hold me Oh, snuck out to go for a drive But little did I know That's when everything changed Driving around downtown in our minivan Turn on the radio on full blast Hands in the air Couldn't see where we're going. Skyscrapers are towering stars turn into city Carlo Capobianco and I'm a pop artist from Winnipeg, Manitoba and um, grew up here 
uh, grew up in the North End, okay. and uh, yeah, started working on music when I was young. Um, never really knew I was working on music until I actually got into the studio, and then I like actually got it out. Um, but yeah, I've been working with Adam Fur of uh, Yes We Mystic and just producing some really good tunes. And my debut just came out, so I'm really happy about that. Cool. And like you said, you're a pop artist. And I mean, from listening to your debut single, for sure, pop is very, very prominent there. Um, what would you say are, are some of your influences? Like, uh, you know, if someone hasn't heard you before, who would you sort of point them in the direction of as someone that might be sonically similar? Uh, well, I definitely like to take a lot of influences from New Wave and... Um, I think the 80s in general is, you know, like ever since I was a kid, the 80s has always been like, you know, the synths, the drums, you know, the the styling, the imaging is all something that I love from the 80s. So um, my main inspiration is definitely that era. But in terms of artists, I'd say like, you know, if I were to really put it into a, you know, a box. Um, I would say like Lana Del Rey, like okay. if you like Lana Del Rey, you might like my stuff. Okay. Um, Tame Impala. Um, any pop artist, really, like I just love making pop music. This song is kind of like low key, but the rest of my music will be much more in your face. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think my main inspiration, though, would be Madonna. Like, I have a whole poster of Madonna up there, so... <laughs> so, that, I mean, you're talking, like, pop-pop. Not 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 pop, you know, pop hyphenated with something else. You're full-on, like, big hooks, big synths, in this case, pop music. I, I am a, a fan of, like, cut, like, industry cut. Like, the, yeah. the person went into the studio and their only reason in being in that studio is to make a pop hit like just full pop <laughs> what um i'm assuming that if you were around at all in the 80s it wouldn't have been for very long you know uh, but um what is it about that era that that, that obviously predates you that, that that appeals so much i mean uh because i mean i think that uh a lot of um a lot, a lot of it seems like every few decades a past decade comes back in a big way and influences what's going on currently. And I mean, what is it about the eighties that you think kind of, um, that you can connect to as a musician? Because I think a lot of people in the eighties, you know, <laughs> now almost want to forget some of that stuff because there's yeah. sort of a, a datedness to it. Right. But what is it for, for, for a young person now going, but looking back at that stuff that, you know, comes before you, what, what connection do you find with it? Um, I think definitely just in terms of music, like the eighties had a lot of texture um, and everything was recorded on tape. So, I mean, like everything is so like, if you listen with a good pair of headphones, you can really hear like every single texture and every single instrument. Um, And everything is so fun and, you know, like in your face and like there's men wearing makeup and, you know, crazy dance sequences and like Michael Jackson, Madonna, Prince, like everything was just like no rules back then. And I think like after the nineties, we kind of went to a place where we were so like in such a box that, you know, no one, even like Adam Levine had 
Um, is that the same person? Is that Adam Lambert? Um, that was the American Idol guy, right? Yeah. Adam Lambert. I mean, Adam Lambert even had trouble, like, getting, you know, like, a mainstream hit because of his image. Sure, sure. I think that's changing a little now, but it's so weird. I think it's so weird how it just, like, went backwards because everything was so free in the 80s. And then, so, yeah, I, I just love the the differences in culture and images and, you know, styles of the 80s, yeah. especially instrumentals and production um and the personalities of course does that sort of um color and vibrancy that 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 was big in the 80s i know what you mean too i mean you have all these like big dance sequences and neon everywhere and everything and then suddenly yeah, yeah. things got darker and more kind of uh smaller almost um does that uh visual element of it and just the way it's presented is that something that you're hoping to bring um as far as playing live as well i think so <clears throat> for sure i definitely want my live shows to be a spectacle um and i really want i want to dance i want to have you know it's a lot of work and a lot of money but um <laughs> true, true. <laughs> um but i i think it can happen and i i've seen a few artists do the same thing um but from what I've been looking at in the music scene here in Winnipeg, I don't think that anyone's tried to go, you know, full unless they, you know, like unless you're Olivia Lunny or something right, who's right. like has a large contract with a large record label who has the funding to do that. Or um, the closest I've seen is Begonia. Yeah, I was going to say that. She's done, yeah. she's done like a really great job at harnessing that missing spot in our Winnipeg music scene. Um, and I would like to add on to that, you know, I really want to have, you know, a, a, a spectacle and not just, um, you know, a boring show that yeah. is at like the beginning of a concert that no one watches. <laughs> well, then it's got to be hard though, right? Is it, it, starting where you're starting and wanting to do that? Because I mean, like you said, some people who have a contract and they have a, an established fan base and everything, they can easily... Well, not easily, but it's much easier for them to put on something like that because they have the resources and people know what to expect. Uh, you know, if you're playing a show at a local venue, <laughs> people might not be... The resort, the infrastructure might not be there, right? To put on some kind of a big pop extravaganza. So yeah, do your songs... Do you think your songs work um, in a stripped-down way as well? Like, can you take these songs that are meant to be heard in a big sort of pop setting and, and play them in a more subdued way that you may need to do starting out? Um, <clears throat> yeah, of course, like I, I work with really, um, many of my songs are, uh, written by, uh, Max Hamilton, um, which is a really great local artist, cool. uh, of Joko T. Um, I have a lot of really talented musicians around me and a lot of people that understand like textures yeah. and good production, but also like how you know, the nuances of, like, actually writing, like, a technically good pop song. Yeah, yeah. Which is what I'm looking for. Like, I want it, I want it, I want there to be, like, a science behind the song. Um, so, absolutely. Like, if I had to do a throwback, 
not a throwback, but if I had to do like a down to the basics, like guitar show, then I mean, the shows are de- the the songs are definitely able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I was going at. Yeah. The strength of the song is there, I guess, right? That you don't need to, yeah. it can be presented in, e- in either format. Uh, that's cool. Um, so if people are hearing about you for the first time on this show, what's the best way for them to, to track down what you're doing? I know you have the single out. I'm sure it's available on whatever platforms people are using. There's 6,000 of them these days, but what's the uh, best way to sort of keep in touch with what you're up to and, and find out about upcoming releases, upcoming shows, things like that. Um, I tried to open a website, but I got too lazy. So, I mean, you can just follow my Instagram. Okay. I, I do easy there. Okay. <laughs> well, that's honest, at least, right? <laughs> With the lazy yeah. website. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> the, the single, what is the name of the single? I don't think we uh, we actually talked about that specifically yet. Call You Sometime. Cool. And that's out already, so people can check that out uh, wherever wherever they get their music. And you can hear it right away here on the podcast.